I'm Roger Short, an elder ordained in the North Alabama Conference of the United Methodist Church, and this is Pray Together, a podcast ministry of the North Alabama Conference's Adult Discipleship Formation Team. Thank you for listening. Lately, I've been reading the journal of John Wesley, one of the founders of the Methodist movement in 18th century England. In doing so, I found his experiences during the winter of 1741 surprisingly relevant to my own context for ministry today, during the winter of 2022. Just listen to this. Quote, Saturday, February 21st, 1741. I inquired as fully as I could concerning the divisions and offenses which, notwithstanding the earnest cautions I had given, began afresh to break out in Kingswood. In the afternoon, I met a few of the bands there, but it was a cold, uncomfortable meeting. Sunday, February 22nd. I endeavored to show them the ground of many of their mistakes from those words, Ye need not that any man teach you, but as that same anointing teacheth you a text which had been frequently brought up in support of the rankest enthusiasm. Mr. Sinek and fifteen or twenty others came up to me after the sermon. I told them they had not done right in speaking against me behind my back. Mr. John Sinek, Ann Allen, and Thomas Bissex, acting as the mouth of the rest, replied, They had said no more of me behind my back than they would say to my face, which was that I did preach up man's faithfulness and not the faithfulness of God. In the evening was our love feast at Bristol, in the conclusion of which there being mention made that many of our brethren at Kingswood had formed themselves into a separate society, I related to them at large the effects of the separations which had been made from time to time in London, and likewise the occasion of this, namely, Mr. Sinek's preaching other doctrine than that they had before received. The natural consequence was that when my brother and I preached the same which we had done from the beginning, many censured and spoke against us both whence arose endless strife and confusion. Thomas Bissex replied, Why, we preached false doctrine. We preached that there is righteousness in man. I said, So there is, after the righteousness of Christ is imputed to him through faith. But who told you that what we preach was false doctrine? Who would you have believed this from but Mr. Sinek? Mr. Sinek answered, You do preach righteousness in man. I did say this, and I say it still. However, we are willing to join with you, but we will also meet apart from you. For we meet to confirm one another in those truths which you speak against. I replied, You should have told me of this before, and not have supplanted me in my own house, stealing the hearts of the people and by private accusations, separating very friends. He said, I have never privately accused you. I said, My brethren, judge, and read as follows. January 17, 1741, to the Reverend Mr. George Whitfield, 
My dear brother, that you might come quickly, I have written a second time. I sit solitary, like Eli, waiting what will become of the ark. And while I wait and fear the carrying of it away from among my people, my trouble increases daily. How glorious did the gospel seem once to flourish in Kingswood. I spake of the everlasting love of Christ with sweet power. But now Brother Charles is suffered to open his mouth against this truth. While the frighted sheep gaze and fly as if no shepherd was amongst them. It is just as though Satan was now making war with the saints in a more than common way. I pray for the distressed lambs yet left in this place that they faint not. Surely they would if preaching would do it, for they have nothing whereupon to rest who now attend on the sermons but their own faithfulness. With universal redemption, Brother Charles pleases the world. Brother John follows him in everything. I believe no atheist can preach more against predestination than they. And all who believe election are counted enemies to God and called so. Fly, dear brother, as I am alone. I am in the midst of the plague. If God give thee leave, make haste. Mr. Senek stood up and said, That letter is mine. I sent it to Mr. Whistfield and I do not retract anything in it, nor blame myself for sending it. Perceiving some of our brethren began to speak with warmth, I desired he would meet me at Kingswood on Saturday, where each of us could speak more freely, and that all things might sleep till then. As a side note, when he wrote, some of the brethren began to speak with warmth, I think he meant they were getting hot under the collar. To continue the journal reading, Tuesday, February 24th, the band's meeting at Bristol, I read over the names of the United Society being determined that no disorderly walker should remain therein. Accordingly, I took an account of every person to whom any reasonable objection was made, who was not known to and recommended by some on whose veracity I could depend. To those who were sufficiently recommended... Tickets were given on the following days. Those would be tickets to be admitted to society and band meetings in the future. Most of the rest I had face-to-face with their accusers, and such as either appeared to be innocent or confessed their faults and promised a better behavior when were then received into the society. The others were put upon trial again unless they voluntarily expelled themselves. About 40 were by this means separated from us, I trust, only for a season. Saturday, February 28th. I met the Kingswood bands again and heard all who desired it at large, after which I read the following paper. By many witnesses, it appears that several members of the band society in Kingswood have made it their common practice to scoff at the preaching of Mr. John and Charles Wesley, that they have censured and spoken evil of them behind their backs, at the very same time they professed love and esteem to their faces, that they have studiously endeavored to prejudice other members of that society against them, and in order thereto have belied and slandered them in diverse instances, therefore not for their opinions, nor for any of them, whether they be right or wrong, but for the causes above mentioned, namely, 
for their scoffing at the word and ministers of God, for their tail-bearing, backbiting, and evil-speaking, for their dissembling, lying, and slandering, I, John Wesley, by consent and approbation of the Band Society in Kingswood, do declare the persons above mentioned to be no longer members thereof. Neither will they be so accounted until they shall openly confess their fault and thereby do what in them lies to remove the scandal they have given. At this they seemed a little shocked at first, but Mr. Senek, Thomas Bissex, and Anne Allen soon recovered and said they had heard both my brother and me many times preach popery. However, they would join with us if we would, but they would not own they had done anything amiss. I desired them to consider of it yet again and gave and give us their answer the next evening. The next evening, March 1st, they gave the same answer as before. However, I could not tell how to part, but exhorted them to wait yet a little longer and wrestle with God, that they might know His will concerning them. Friday, March 6th. Being still fearful of doing anything rashly or contrary to the great law of love, I consulted again with many of our brethren concerning the farther steps I should take. In consequence of which, on Saturday, March 7th, all who could of the bands or society being met together, I told them open dealing was best, and I would therefore tell them plainly what I thought, setting all opinions aside, had been wrong in many of them, namely, one, their despising the ministers of God and slighting His ordinances. Two, their not speaking or praying when met together till they were sensibly moved thereto. And three, their dividing themselves from the brethren and forming a separate society. That we could not approve of delaying this matter because the confusion that was already increased daily. That upon the whole we believe the only way to put a stop to these growing evils was for everyone now to take his choice and quit one society or the other. Thomas Bissex replied, It is our holding election is the true cause of your separating from us. I answered, You know in your conscience it is not. There are several predestinarians in our societies, both at London and Bristol. Nor did I ever yet put any one out of either because he held that opinion. He said, Well, we will break up our society on condition you receive and employ Mr. Senek as you did before. I replied, My brother has wronged me much, but he doth not yet say, I repent. Mr. Senek said, Unless in not speaking in your defense, I do not know that I have wronged you at all. I rejoined, It seems then nothing remains but for each to choose which society he pleases. Then after a short time spent in prayer, Mr. Senek went out and about half of those who were present with him. Sunday, March the 8th. After preaching at Bristol on the abuse and the right use of the Lord's Supper, 
I earnestly besought them at Kingswood to beware of offending in tongue, either against justice, mercy, or truth. After the sermon, the remains of our society met, and we found we had great reason to bless God, for that after 52 were withdrawn, we had still upwards of 90 left. Oh, may these at least hold to the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Unquote. That's the end of the section of the journal I want to read. So, within the original Methodist movement, contentiousness, confusion, and division swept through the bands and societies from time to time. John Wesley's journal tells us so, and why not? The history of Christianity is thoroughly punctuated with stories of strife among the followers of Jesus Christ and with many instances of such conflicts leading to mutual separation. In 1534, for example, a couple of hundred years before the Wesleys lived, the Church of England, to which the Wesleys later belonged, separated from the Roman Catholic Church. Similarly, the names Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox came to identify the Western and Eastern divisions, respectively, of the one universal church following the great schism of 1054. And students of Scripture will recall one of the earliest splits among Jesus' followers recorded in the Bible's book of Acts, chapter 15. Quote, They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took John Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. Unquote. Acts chapter 15, verses 39 and 40. They parted company. Contentiousness, confusion, and division seem to describe almost every era of Christian faith. I take little comfort in the knowledge that this is so and I desperately wish that it was not. So today, how am I to be? Here and now, what am I to do? Taking cues from John Wesley's journal, I discern the following. One, wait a little longer and wrestle with God. This was John Wesley's exhortation to John Sinek and Allen and Thomas Bissicks on March the 1st, 1741. I expect Wesley followed his own exhortation too then because he admitted he could not tell how to part with the separating society in that moment. Wait a little longer and wrestle with God is a sound spiritual principle whenever I am faced with contentiousness, confusion, and division. Two, reject haste and respond in love. These were the motivations Wesley listed in his journal entry on March 6, 1741. A renegade group of Methodists had organized themselves into a separate and competing society, yet he did not want to do anything rashly or contrary to the law of love, as he puts it in the journal. He seemed to reverence Jesus' teaching in John's Gospel, chapter 13. Quote, A new commandment I give you, Jesus said. Love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. 
That's verses 34 and 35. I hope and pray both to possess and to exercise that same respect for our Lord's command. I desire to reject haste and to respond in love. 3. Take note of those withdrawn and bless God for those holding to the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I suppose Wesley could have observed the condition of the Kingswood bands and society on March 8, 1741, and could have seen a glass half empty, so to speak. But he didn't. He grieved the 52 souls who chose to separate. Then he blessed God for the 90-plus souls who continued the spiritual journey together. He chose not to pine for those lost to him. In point of fact, they were not lost. They were never his from the beginning. They belonged to God no less than he. But he directed his attention to the reality of the fellowship in its then-present condition and found cause enough to bless God. Facing this season of disaffiliations from the United Methodist Church, I can choose to curse God for what is no longer mine, or I can bless God for those who remain in fellowship together, not as my possession, but as my joy and my peace. With God as my helper, this will be my choice, to take note of those withdrawn and to bless God for those holding to the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, you know. You experienced firsthand the pain of contentiousness, the fog of confusion, and the disappointment of division among those who were your closest companions on earth. You were betrayed by Judas, you were denied by Peter, and you were deserted by the rest. In your hour of greatest need, and how often we, your people, have betrayed, denied, and deserted both the faith and the spiritual companions you give to us. Forgive us, we pray. Give us the wisdom to wait a little longer and the strength to wrestle with God. By your grace, enable us to reject hasty thinking, hurried actions, and thoughtless words. May we respond always and everywhere according to the law of love. Let us not grieve as those who have no hope. Instead, let us take note of those withdrawn and bless God for those yet holding to the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. With praise and thanksgiving for your blessed presence and abiding love, Lord Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen.